Warlock Vorobok Raids. Presented by the Public Library of Cincinnati in Hamilton County. Hello, welcome to Warlock Vorobok Reads, a monthly Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library podcast. This adult story time will introduce you to some of my favorite fantastical stories and show some shivers down your spine, surreptitiously raising the hairs on the back of your neck and other unearthly delights. I want to give a big thank you to Lard Baron for digging up one of his wonderful stories for me to butcher with my bungle and melodrama. The story Soul of Me originally appeared in The Burning Maiden, Volume 2, edited by Greg Kishbau and published by Pulp Plus Pixel Entertainment Company in 2015. Seek out that delightful anthology, but for now, turn down the lights. Rest your head on a pillow for Soul of Me by Lard Baron. You are Rex. You are dying. Once, near dusk in late summer of 2000 and something, you flopped in the tall grass. Shadows of clouds rolled across the field. You panted, pleasantly tired from chasing squirrels. You were seven, a German shepherd in your prime, or a nudge past it. Often, You ran with your faithful companion, a female Siberian husky from the great white north. Should change since that romantic incident that resulted in a litter of puppies, had become more conservative and less of a hooligan. That day she remained in the house with the wine and litter while you had escaped through a loose screen door into the wild. Your own restlessness Your wanderlust had only grown stronger as hers diminished. You weren't really a shepherd, but a mixed breed who loved to hunt, mainly for the chase. The kill didn't quicken your blood. Domesticated and pampered, you'd come far enough from the cave that the chase alone sufficed to quell the yearning of your soul. Yes, you had a soul. In those days, all animals did. A woman called from the porch of the house. Her husband and son had gone away to war. The house was small in the distance and the woman smaller, but the sound of your name snapped your head that direction. You didn't feel the bullet as it vectored through the back of your skull, much less sense the drunk neighbor in the plaid jacket who decided to sight in his rifle on a tree and missed the mark by a country mile. The neighbor was so nearsighted he had escaped the draft and in doing so, killed you. That version of you, anyhow. There are no accidents. Your once and future positronic brain will be aware of the totality of all recorded knowledge at the moment of humankind's extinction. It will understand that everything in the universe is in motion and that all of it, to the finest particle, is mated with something else. Stars, planets, waves of radiation, love, hope, despair. The whole shebang. 
In this case, your skull and a piece of lead traveling at a velocity of 853 meters per second. You glimpsed the dilation of reality as the house and the woman were eclipsed by white light, a shimmer of dew burned by a sunray. You realize this was a dream of something terrible that had happened long ago. You also apprehended that long ago and now and tomorrow are roughly equivalent. You'd been shot before and worse. Your life had ended in violence dozens of times. You briefly perceived this fact, although you couldn't comprehend its meaning. Not with light and dark bending around you. Not while the stars were fallen from the sky. Not when the ghosts of yourself were jetting from your body in a vapor trail of blood and bone. You are only a dog confronted with an infinity of potential that narrowed to one post-singularity point. Rex! The dream of yourself projects you forward past ages of domed cities, popular eugenics, limited immortality, and faster-than-light space travel, and the resultant destruction of humanity to an epic that resembles the Paleolithic landscape of man and dogkind's prehistory. An arrival and departure point for your errant thoughts, your battered hulk of a body. This far future world is a swamp, a rainforest, a vast savanna, an impending ice age. Red light suffuses the sky. Monsters. Walk the earth among the ruins of civilization. You're in a fight. A spike club smashes against your jaw. Another white flash. All you are pours down the funnel into the black. One second. Two seconds. Three hundred thousand years. And then you're snapped back like a rubber band. Wake up, Rex. Get up, boy. This is the onboard computer exhorting you. You're overmind. Its tone is modulated to mimic the voice of a woman, a soldier, who handled you during the tour of some long-forgotten conflict. Like you, she'd been a fierce warrior. Before its gradual degradation over the eons, the computer could generate a million different voices to match a million different faces of men and women from your past. The female lieutenant's holographic ghost is the last human stand-in. She's a bit like you in that regard. You've seen fire and you've seen rain. Right now, mostly fire. And if hell exists... James Taylor will sing an internal set of his greatest hits. Your positronic brain is damaged. Its systems are in the red. And you've been here before. But know this. This is the end. The real deal. End of the line unless you get moving. A monstrous lizard wants your blood. It is a mutant with genes plucked from the Jurassic, fused with DNA by the same mad scientist who constructed true blue patriotic you. The creature was left to bubble 
on a Bunsen burner. Now it's evolved and loose, like a fairy tale dragon that's emerged from its mountain lair to annihilate the countryside. It is a destroyer, 30 times your mass and designed for mayhem on a grand scale. The Gore King slaughters all comers so far. When you leap, it swats you across the muzzle with its spiked and muscled tail. That's its go-to move. The tail lashes like a scourge. Five meters of armor plates, bone splitting and envenomed. It is the hammer and the chain of a titan. It slew the old spider god with that spiked mace. It clubbed Lord Gugtha and smote the brains from dire hacks. It has leaned on this signature technique to ascend the primacy of the region. The Gore King also breathes fire. Flame spews from its maw in a stream of napalm. You remember napalm. The scientists baptized you in it two million years ago, or so. When the lizard is done with you, it'll slouch along the flank of the mountain to the honeycomb village of cave-dwelling hominids and devour them to the last. Going down for the count, you can't help but wonder if maybe the beast has earned its dinner. In your final incarnation on this miserable, blood-soaked world, you are Rex. Spot, Fido, Roscoe, Yellow, Tramp, Rusty, Rintintin, Buck, and the others, the ever-popular others, yes, those too, but always and forever Rex, the last of your kind and the kinds that came before. Men made you with a drop of fossilized blood of a dog whose line descended directly from an Ice Age breed. They synthesized flesh and machine, and you are the latest in a long line of milestones. Split in the atom, penicillin, the moon landings, and then you. Your body and bones are reinforced with star metal. Your fangs are diamond daggers. Your hide is adamantium alloyed with metal forged from a long dead sun. Your heart is atomic powered. Your acid blood is a cocktail that would have given Ponce de Leon the immortality he sought. Your canine soul is joined to a quantum computer that exists as a subatomic speck. The computer divides your consciousness with unequal precision between the simple, albeit highly evolved canine brute and the most powerful artificial intelligence conceived in its era. You contain the sum of human knowledge on that quantum hard drive. The millennia of lost music, art, philosophy, and culture exist as a tattered scroll in your mind's eye, and it informs your decidedly non-canine thought processes. The yin to your doggy yang. Muscle, sinew, and cell down to the quark, is infused with nanotechnology that rebuilds your dead self from bits of rag and bone. You can die, just like the old days, but it's harder now. You and death are uneasy comrades. 
Death beams from your eyes. Death erupts from your jaws in a sonic howl. Death is your companion. Yes, indeed, you are mankind's best and most lethal friend, and you protected them until the end. They're gone, Rex. An invasion of hollow beings from some dark star wiped them off the map in the year 2665. The war wiped the canine species out too. Less of a war and more of an extermination, to be accurate. During the final battle of Armageddon, you lost your handler, a human female soldier who operated twin thirty caliber miniguns from inside a titanium exoskeleton. Of all the humans with whom you'd served, she was the deadliest of the bunch, a real hunter. Then a hollow thing breathed spores that ate into the joints of her armor through the alloy, and she died screaming for God, her mother, and you, Rex. Meanwhile, a mountain fell on you, buried you for eons while the earth rode on and everything changed. The invaders slithered back whence they came. Forests, glaciers, and deserts overgrew all traces of humankind, entombed its cities and monuments. One fine day, an earthquake disgorged your hibernating self into the stark light. You woke by degrees over the generations and recalibrated yourself to patrol this strange new wilderness. You call it animal heaven. Of course, animals hold dominion here. Earth and water teem with life. Terrible lizards and a plethora of murderous insects. Hyenas, dingoes, wolves, and the most venerable of scavenger coyotes. But no dogs. You are the last. The very last, and your howl echoes your loneliness and fertility among the peaks and the tours of this happy hunting ground. Don't quit. Don't lie down. You're a warrior, Rex. It's you versus all of them, as always. As for your humble beginnings, pick one. This one, retrieved from a snow crystal chipped off your memory core. It contains Whitman's multitudes. It will melt on your lowland tongue. Remember why you fight. Once, you were born in the winter of 1961, an emaciated mongrel runt, one blue eye, one brown. Your five brothers and sisters froze to death in a ditch in the Matanuska Valley, their guts picked by ravens. You remember the dirt smell in the litter burrow. Baby breath snuffled in your milky eyes as you puppies crawled over one another, searching for a teat. Mama went into the pound's gas chamber before you were weaned. You remember her scent too, musky and strong in your snout. The death cell would have been your fate, but you were reprieved in the eleventh hour. A farmer brought you home to be a companion of his youngest girl who'd gotten polio and needed cheering up something fierce. The family cured you of fleas, worms, and malnutrition. Despite their best efforts, you didn't amount to much physically. Your spine didn't work right. You limped until the day you died. The girl named you Rex. 
You and she were inseparable, quite a pair to draw to, the farmer said. You tramped the wild acres along Ruddock Creek together, hobbled, really. Neither of you could go far without great effort. Mainly you lazed by the creek with a fishing line and cork dipped in the water, or lay on a hillside watching the clouds roll over the valley. At night, you curled at the foot of the girl's rickety bed, listening for her breath to hitch. When it did, you'd lick her face to startle her awake. She'd gape at you, glassy-eyed and blue of lip, emerging from some deep subterranean well of consciousness like a diver who'd almost gone to the bottom for good. Time leaked away. You got old and went deaf. Your girl poked you in the ribs to get your attention, and sometimes it took a while for you to fade back into reality from wherever your spirit roamed when untethered from the yoke of consciousness. You dreamed of deer in the field, the bitch down the road, and of stranger sights, an apple green sky, flinty mountain ranges, and vast glaciers blacked with the grit of a million storms. You dreamed of ancient men more brutish than the men of your day, these men dressed in skins and hunted caribou along the plains. You dreamed of men in armored shells who projected flame from sticks they carried, and you dreamed of darkness that filtered down from the sky and covered everything. You are always bigger and stronger in these dreams, a real terror, like the Minoan bull or the Nemean lion or Cerberus himself, but never big enough or strong enough to stop the destruction. After waking, you always forgot, and the girl minced kibble and meat in your bowl. The walks became more difficult as arthritis stiffened your joints. Sometimes the girl carried you the rest of the way home while your dozing head lolled against her shoulder. She didn't mind. She'd grown stronger over the years, or the years had taken less of a toll. Either way, you are in it together until the end. One winter morning, a stranger crept into the house, an escapee from the penitentiary out on Goose Bay Road. The law hunted his fugitive, and his desperation knew no bounds. He carried a deer gun, stolen from a neighbor's house. He caught the girl in the hallway and threw her to the floor. Who can say what lay in the convict's heart, or what he might have done with that rifle? No one will ever know because you were there, roused from fitful dreams of apple-green skies and crimson sunrises, flying somehow, teeth bared, snarling. Time slowed and crystallized to an invisible point, the point of a blade, a tooth, your tooth, sharp enough to travel through anything it touched. Flash and boom. The convict fled. They found him three days later, frozen under Ikutla Flats, an empty bottle at his side. The ravens took his eyes. The girl held your head while you died. As the lights within you began to dim, you recalled for a moment your purpose and why you waited there all those years. 
Your gaze pierced the veil, and you beheld the ghosts of yourself gathered around in an innumerable host that stretched back across eons to the time of tar pits and cats with saber fangs. Back to the eon when there were no canines, only wolves. Only wolves racing in packs across the tundra and through the great forests of the earth. You looked at her, and your confused canine mind cleared. Oh, this is why I am. This is what I do. But I loved her. I loved. For an instant you understood. Then you were extinguished and reborn, as always. You are Rex, once again and forevermore. But you have to get up. What is your job, Rex? What is your sacred charge? To protect man. Such is the programming of your computer brain. Such is encoded within your very DNA. Ever has it been so. It doesn't matter that the Hooten long-necked savages cowering in their caves aren't quite homo sapiens. This is the time of re-emergent dinosaurs and telepathic ants and a landscape littered with alien ruins. You long to hear a whistle, to hear your name called from a distant house. These savage hominids will have to do until they evolve, if they get the chance. And that's where you come in, Rex. You and your titanic capacity to absorb punishment, to endure and to destroy your capacity for loyalty. Flames engulf your body. The fire burns through you slightly faster than a trillion nanobites can repair the horrendous damage. The crystalline flake with all those memories of the girl whirls away into the void, and you howl after them. Or the wind that also rushes into the void howls. You're a machine's machine, but the machine is malfunctioning, so most of what remains is canine. A lost and lonely dog who's awakened to a world two million years separated from the one he best remembers. More flakes drift from black into black. Tiny fragments of memory flurry around you, through you, a blizzard. Remember why you're fighting the good fight. There is fire everywhere. It revolves beneath you. The sequoias are burning. The old black mountains are burning. Your fur is burning. You are a torch ablaze and tumbling down the mountainside. Darkness recedes from your fiery glory. Your passage dislodges boulders and uproots small trees. Birds cascade into the night sky, seeking the void. The vast and panicked flock is burning. Little stars falling. Earth and wood groan. You drop into an expanse of cold black water. Plunge like the dying birds, like the dying stars. Flickering, flickering, gone. You are Rex. Your systems are failing. Soon, your light will extinguish in the depths. 
You will lodge in the sediment among the bones of the terrible lizards and the bones of the ancient superstructures and the monstrous exoskeletons of the invaders who came from the rim of the known universe and perished in this place. The remains of your clones are here in their hundreds of thousands, annihilated wholesale by the enemy that crept down from the stars. From the mud and the muck beneath the waves all life springs, and to that slimy bed all life will return when the sun finally swells too fat and too red. However, in your case, the return is premature. That icy mud envelops your fiery fallen star and snuffs the flames of the Gore King. Stitch by stitch, cells regenerate, Tissues, bones, and ligaments reconnect. Your eyes widen, shift to a new frequency that permits sight in the lightless depths. You struggle free of the embrace of the grave and shoot upward. You are a torpedo, a nuclear warhead. Your death rays build power for one more assault. Once, during the spring of 9343 B.C., you dwelled in the forest near a village of mud huts. The village lay on the banks of a gray river. In those days, the wild packs had grown smaller, and most dogs served at the heel of human masters. Not you, Rex. Not then. You were a prodigious brute. Throw back to your wolf ancestors, the bulk of a step pony. White of fang and black of muzzle, you did not brook fools. The tribal hunters told legends of you and etched fantastical representations of your might and ferocity onto the walls of their abodes. Men feared you, for on occasion you had crunched their bones and slurped their blood. That spring, you contested a massive bull elk for territory and because you desired the meat of his calves. You were gored through and through, trampled and mangled, and left dying in the high grass of the foothills where you'd been born. A young, unmated human female, an outcast from her tribe, discovered you in the throes of this most recent of deaths. She took pity upon you and nursed you from the precipice. When you regained some of your strength, you chomped off her hand. A hunting party of the tribe happened along shortly after this tragic incident. They beat you, bound you, bred you to their own domesticated mutts, and when they'd taken everything, they drove a spear through your heart and offered your flesh to their inchoately conceived gods. Apparently, the soul of you lived on in your progeny, never fully awakening to its provenance. It didn't matter one way or the other. You have always respected strength, but what a way to begin a relationship. The Gore King is bigger and stronger than you are. However, it's only an animal, only flesh and blood. It has limits. Limits to its cunning, limits to its strategic capabilities, limits of endurance. You are different. You accelerate while redirecting energy to lengthen your fangs and reinforce your armor. You double your mass with a trick of quantum co-location. 
the auxiliary nuclear system deep in your innards, whirls online and charges an array of combat protocols. Unlike the Gore King, which is compelled by its primitive urges, you are cursed with reason and a higher purpose. You throw everything at your enemy. From behind, naturally. Messin beams, plasma breath, sonic scream, your pointy and sharpened mass hurling at 120 kilometers per hour, jaws sufficiently powerful to shear metal, to rip apart stone. The Gore King's rear leg is clipped from the body, and the body is barraged with innumerable fractures, tears, and ruptures. Your enemy is simultaneously burned, irritated, and shredded. Its death shrieks are frightful. You went again, Rex. Unfortunately, the Gore King got in a blow during its final spasms. Its spur opened you from stem to stern, and your blood pours forth, rich and unceasing as you stagger down the mountain towards the hominid village, where the monkey men worship you alongside the sun, moon, and thunder. Good work, Rex. Well done, old boy. You've saved the future of the human race. Your loyalty is a testament to all dog kind. The computer fades, its soothing voice full of crackles and pops, then gone. Systems are suffering a cascade failure. No coming back from this one. Not this time. The computer is mistaken anyway. You loved mankind, but mankind had its shot. No, you battled for something bigger, something infinitely smaller. You collapse on the riverbank by a cliff and listen to the wind flute among the honeycomb of rock caves. The inhabitants hoot in terror and uncertainty, afraid to show their grimy faces. A mongrel mutt, Odd of skull and possessed of over-large ears, yet unmistakably canine, slips from the grass. She squats in the mud and observes you. The bitch cocks her head, confused by your scent. She is different from the kind you remember. Within a few generations, that will change. Her mate is away, hunting. He has two brothers. They are a pack. Somewhere among the reeds, puppies whine for their mother, a sound you hadn't heard before yesterday for two million years, maybe longer. You bare your bloody fangs and grin and sleep. The End Thank you, Cincinnati, Hamilton County, and beyond. This was Warlock Vorabach Reads, a Cincinnati and Hamilton County public library podcast. Subscribe to this monthly adult story time. Share it with family and friends. Check out Libby for more Lard Baron novels and short story collections. Or support your local independent bookstores and buy his works from places like Joe Beth or Downbound Books. This is Warlock Vorabach. Till next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our Warlock Vorobach Reads podcast for monthly chills. This has been a production of the Public Library of Cincinnati in Hamilton County. Mm-hmm.